Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. so thankful for the presence of God in this place. Thank Brother Brom for that word that he gave us this morning. On time, anointed. Praise God. And the work that God has already done in this place, we can't say thank you to him enough, but I believe with all my heart he's not done yet. He's got more in store. He's ready to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what we could ask or even think, because his word tells us so. Praise God. Praise God. Give honor to pastor this evening for the opportunity to speak. But I want to skip over most of the pleasantries and get to the word of God tonight, because this is Power Sunday. And I understand that every Sunday in the house of God can be Power Sunday. But we've dedicated ourselves. We've prayed. We've fasted. We've committed to him. And we've come on purpose tonight to see what his spirit would do. And I'm thankful that we have an opportunity to touch into that tonight. I was so grateful for the opportunity to go to the Breakthrough Ministry training this past uh, last week. And incredible moves of God, incredible times of just teaching, incredible times of just being able to, to saturate uh, knowledge, to saturate wisdom from men of God that have proven themselves and that have uh, an anointed work, and I'm thankful for that. Um, sitting in a session on Friday morning, it's like 9 o'clock in the morning on a Friday, and I stayed up too late the night before. And uh, I'll be honest, I was still kind of wiping the sleep out of my eyes. And um, we're just sitting there, and I'm, uh, how honest should I be? hundred percent, all right, fair enough. I was sitting there expecting that I'm just kind of biding my time until we get to the main service, and then by then I'll be like woke up and ready to go, and I had like, I had my phone out so I could take some notes, just notes, I wasn't texting, I wasn't playing games, anything like that, I was taking some notes, but Brother Tim Zuniga was preaching about uh, seven warning signals, or seven uh, red flags that you'll see in in ministry and in in church growth and and things of that nature, and um, he said something in passing, like it wasn't one of his points, it wasn't... um, It wasn't like a main focus of anything he said, but he just kind of brushed over it and breezed over it, and it was like the hand of God etched it upon my heart, and I was like, my Lord. I don't even know if that, that wasn't probably even in his notes. He just happened to say it, and God just stamped it on my heart. That was Friday morning, and then the following Sunday, Pastor Cox asked if if, uh, I would be willing to do this, this service this evening, and I said, absolutely, because I already know what God has in store for us. And the, the thought is, is simply this. If, I, if you want a title, if it helps you to identify, the thought is simply this. It's already in your hands. It's already in your hands. We're going to go to the word of the Lord tonight. We're going to look at it, but I want to go to him in prayer one more time. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for what you've done in this place. 
Thank you, God, that your spirit has met us and that you are not only willing, Lord Jesus, and not only able, but God, I believe that you intend fully to meet us in this house, inhabiting the praises of your people, and you've got a plan and you've got a purpose in store, and your power is ready to be on full display in this place. I pray that you would help me to speak clearly that which you've laid on my heart, and I pray that every heart and every mind would be open, would be receptive, Lord, and that we would be ready, not just to hear your word, but to respond to it tonight, because I know that you've got miracles in store in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, somebody shout amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to go quickly to the word of God, and I want to look at a passage of scripture very familiar to you. 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to read verses 44 through 51, and if you're not familiar right off the bat, this is the story of where David goes to face Goliath. No doubt you've probably heard this story. You've probably uh, been exposed to it at some point in your life, but I want to look at it, and I want to point a couple things out to us tonight. Verse 44 says this, And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. First, I want to acknowledge that David's trash talk game was on another level. Like he's standing in the face of a giant that he doesn't have any business going into battle with in the natural sense. And he says, not only am I going to win, but I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed you to the birds and your whole entire army, the dogs are going to eat them. Bro, he was like a teenage kid and his trash talk game was on another level. I don't know if you want to call it faith or boldness or or, I, I don't know. But I want to have that kind of faith that I can look at any situation And I can say it doesn't matter what the odds say. It doesn't matter what it looks like. But I know God, and I know that when I put it in his hands, he's well able to do it. I want to point out to us tonight that David's greatest victory, his biggest battle, it didn't come by a moment when he was given all sorts of wonderful and additional blessings, but it came when he took what he already had and offered it to God and went after the enemy. You see, David had the sling. David had the sling. He had practiced with it. He had already killed a lion. He had already killed a bear. He had defended his flock. He knew what he was doing with this weapon. I'm sure when he was out in the flocks, he never imagined and never thought that he would be the savior of Israel with this leather strap. I'm sure when he put stones in that, he might have had a a, a goal in mind as he threw it against a tree. If he was anything like me, I, I killed a lot of trees in my day because... Uh, there weren't anything else attacking me. So I killed a lot of trees when I was a kid. But 
I'm sure he never thought, and as he's playing out these scenarios about how he's in the Olympics and he's the best stone thrower and how he's the best with the sling, I'm sure he never even considered the possibility that God would use that ability, that God would use that simple leather strap to help uh, defeat a giant and free the kingdom of Israel. It probably never even crossed his mind. But see, what David did was he saw a challenge, and he didn't take Saul's armor. He said, Saul said, I, you can't even go into battle. And then when he allowed him to do so, he tried to put on him all sorts of helmet and, and breastplate and shield and sword that were too big for him and too heavy for him. And David didn't use any of that. He simply took what he had and put it in the hands of God and saw the biggest miracle of his life and slew a giant. I'm here to tell somebody today, you don't have to wait any longer. There's nothing special. There's nothing else additional. There's no great movement of God that has to happen before you can get your miracle. There's nothing else that has to take place before God is able to answer your prayers. I don't care how many services you go to and camp meetings that you're in. I don't care how many sermons you th sit through and how many prayer times you come to in the altar. God has power yesterday, today, and forever. And it's the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that the same God that you're waiting on to do this mighty work is already ready to do it. But are you ready to receive it? Are you ready to take what you already have and put it in the hands of God and say, I can't do it on my own. I don't come to you with a sword and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And stand up to your problem and use what you've already got in your hands and say, by the grace of God, by the power of God, I can face this trial. I can face this struggle. I can speak to this giant and say, it's not me, but it's the power of God. And I know that what I already have when I combine it with Jesus Christ is enough to win any battle. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell somebody tonight, your miracle is not conditional based on some great new thing being done first. What you need is already in your hands. I want to quickly look to another story. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to look at verses 10 through 16, and we're going to look at the life of Elijah. It says, So he arose, and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her, and he said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I'm gathering two sticks, that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. You see, at this widow woman's point of desperation, the prophet asked her to give what she had to the work of the Lord, and her miracle followed. He didn't ask her for anything that she didn't already have or couldn't possess. He asked her only for what she already had. And when she put it into the hands of God, she never wanted for another meal again. 
God's plan for your life, the next goal, the next achievement, the next level of ministry. What you need, I'm here to tell somebody, what you need is already in your hands. When we surrender it to him, it becomes so much more. In my weakness, he's made stronger. Isaiah said it this way in 61 verses 1 and 3. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and to the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And then he says this, To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance, our God, to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. You see, when the focus is on him being glorified instead of me, when the focus is on letting him take care of the problem, when the focus is not what I can do to make it better, or what I can do to tough it out or get through it, when I put it into God's hands, he says, I give you beauty for ashes. I give you the oil of joy when you were mourning. He says, I'll take what's broken and I'll make it new. He told a widow woman through Elijah, he said, I'll take your lack thereof and I'll make it an increase. He said, if you put it in my hands, you're never going to want for another meal again. And that's what she did. And that's what God did. I'm telling you, we serve a faithful God tonight. We serve a God that says, if you put it in my hands, I'm able to do it. I'm able to take care of it. I'm able to do above what you're able to ask or even think. Hallelujah, Jesus. And this widow woman saw the power of God on full display in her life. When it seemed like things were at her darkest, when it seemed like she didn't really have anything else to give, she gave what she had and she put it in the hands of God. When you mix what you've got with faith and with the power of Jesus Christ, I'm here to tell you anything is possible. Anything is enough when you put God in the mix. Anything is enough when you call on the name of Jesus and you see that he is good and that he is faithful. One last story, and I'm not going to be long tonight, I promise. I believe that God's got something in store, and I don't want to get in the way. I'm going to read you one last story found in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Now we're going to look at Elisha. Now one of the things about Elisha, is he asked simply for a double portion of what Elijah had. And you can ask for things. I've asked for lots of things. I've asked that God would open a door for me to be able to speak into somebody's life. And God opened the door and I didn't do it. I'm just being honest. Maybe that's wrong. I'm sure nobody else has ever done that. But you see, Elisha asked... I want a double portion of what you have. And so when he was met with a circumstance, he had faith and believed that he was given the double portion he asked for, and he acted out in faith. Let's look at this story tonight, verse 1 through 7. It says, Now there a certain cried a certain woman of the wives of the son of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go and borrow these vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even an empty vessel. Borrow not a few. Borrow not a few. Get a lot. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons and brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. 
Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. You see, Elisha acted in faith, and he called on this woman to do the same. But I want you to notice something here. He didn't call on this woman to go uh, buy a new car so that she could sell it and that she could afford to live. He didn't call her to do something she wasn't able to do. He didn't even call her to go and get something she didn't even have. He said, send your son to get some extra pots, but you've already got oil and you've already got pots. Now watch what God will do. (laughs) I'm here to tell you it doesn't matter how insignificant what you have seems. When you put it in the hands of God, I'm here to tell you your miracle is already in your hands. It's already in your hands. She didn't have to do some great, uh, crazy thing. She didn't have to go out on this huge limb and in this huge step of faith. She just had to obey the word of God. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight, the word of God is speaking to your life and telling you, give it to me. Give it to me. Stop trying to do it on your own. I want you to have some input. I want you to have some effort. I want you to put some faith in it and pair some action with your faith. But if you stop trying to do it on your own and step out in faith, lean not upon what your eyes can see, but upon faith. Who We walk by faith and not by sight. When you put it together with God and you pair some faith with it, anything can happen. Miracles can happen. Deliverance can happen. Hallelujah. The words of the song are more than just words to a song, but they're absolutely true. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in darkness. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm thankful that I know him, and I'm thankful that I know that in my darkest times, I can speak the name of Jesus, and he's as close as the mention of his name, ready to do a work, ready to move. Hallelujah. The prophet did not ask this lady what she could become, and he didn't ask her what she wished she had more of. He didn't ask her what her version of an answered prayer looked like. He asked her in verse 2. Put verse 2 back up there for me. I'm sorry I didn't tell you I was going to do that. He asked her in verse 2, what do you have in the house? He said, tell me, what hast thou in the house? (laughs) God is asking somebody today, you've been asking this prayer for a long time. You've been seeking deliverance from this thing for a long time. And I'm not going to try and get specific because I know that God's ready to do a big work and a broad work. He can do absolutely anything. So whatever it is that you've been asking God for, that you've been praying for a long time, and maybe even stopped praying because you thought it wasn't going to happen, or you thought it wasn't possible, there's nothing extra that has to happen tonight. There's nothing extra that you have to do or that you have to become or you have to reach this certain status or, or attain a certain goal. No. The prophet simply asked the woman, what do you have in the house? In other words, what are you willing to surrender to God so that he can work a miracle in your life? So I'm going to ask you tonight, what are you willing to surrender to God so that he can work a miracle in your life? And if you're going to surrender it to God, you have to already have it. The answer to your prayer is already in your hands. It's already in your hands. It's already in your possession. (laughs) Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we serve him. Brother Brom spoke to us this morning, and the cool thing about him going first was that I get to steal some of his stuff that he said and infuse it into mine and then use it. But he talked to us this morning about Gideon, and he used a phrase, and I don't know if this phrase was in his notes or if it just kind of came out, but he said this, it might not make sense what God will use as a weapon in your situation. I don't even know if he remembers saying it. 
But he said, it might not make sense what God will use as a weapon in your situation. You see, when we stop trying to figure out what we're going to do on our own, when I stop trying to make it about what I can do, when I stop trying to make it about who I am or what I'm able to accomplish, when I, stop taking, when I start to take the focus off of myself and turn it under the Lord Jesus, absolutely anything is possible. So what do you have that you can offer to God? Be sensitive to the Lord as he asks you for something. You see, a, a little cruise of oil and a, a little bit of meal, a pinch of meal, that isn't even enough to feed a family in the hands of God. It can sustain for months on end. You see, uh, one vessel of oil that's probably just, just there because it's a, a daily household item in the hands of God can be multiplied to a point you're able to pour out of it and sell off your debts and live out your life in freedom. There's power to that. There's power to that, being free. Being free from debt. And that's a financial statement, but that's also a spiritual statement. There's a power to being free from a debt of sin. Have I made mistakes? Have I done wrong? Have I offended God? Have I acted against Him? Absolutely. But there's a power to knowing that you're free through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. There's a power to know that you don't have to continue to pay off a debt, but the debt has already been paid. There's power to knowing that the blood that was shed on Calvary was for you and was for you right now and was for today's sin and was for yesterday's sin and was for tomorrow's sin. There's a power to knowing that you're not a slave to debt any longer, but that you're able to walk and operate freely in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and of who he is and of what he's capable of. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, I've come under the anointing of the Holy Ghost tonight. I want to tell somebody this. Your miracle is not unattainable. I want to say that again. Your miracle is not unattainable. God's provision is not out of reach. Your next steps in him are not conditional upon something you don't already have. But you are already prepared for your greatest miracle. The ingredients are there already in existence in your life. What are you going to do with them? Are you going to let those ingredients sit idly by? Or are you going to mix them up with faith and the power of God and see what he can create? It's already in your hands. It's already in your hands. Pick any miracle you want in the book, and I'll show you that the necessary ingredients were already there. There was a man at the gate beautiful. There was a man who was lowered through the ceiling by his friends, and a man at the pool of Bethesda. They were all lame, but God healed them so that they could walk once more. Now, this might seem a little uh, elementary, but I want to tell you this. They all had legs. They all had faith. And when God was introduced to the equation, miracles happened. You say, oh, well, that, that is, of course they had, well, yeah, they had legs. You might think of that as elementary. But God is able to take what's there, what might be broken. He's able to take what might not be working right now. He's able to take what you see in your life as a failure and an inadequacy. He's able to take that and he's able to speak to it and watch it become your strength and watch it become your testimony, and watch it become your victory. He's able to take the thing that you are ashamed of, and he's able to turn that into a miracle. He's able to turn that into a testimony. He's able to take your weakness and create strength. Praise God. The widow preparing her last meal, she had the meal and the oil, and she introduced an obedience to the word of God through the prophet, to the equation, and guess what? 
a miracle happened. David faced Goliath with a rock and a sling that he already had. And when he brought God into it, a miracle happened. There was a little boy with two fish and five loaves of bread. And when he brought God into it, it fed 5,000. A miracle can happen. That might seem insignificant. That might seem too small. That might seem like you're not ready to feed this huge congregation of people. But you put it in the hands of God and something incredible happens. I'm here to tell somebody, God's got a call to ministry in your life. And I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know if that means a microphone in your hand or working with people one-on-one. But God's got ministry in store for somebody's life tonight. And I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that some just huge, incredible amounts of training are poured into it. But I'm here to tell you, if you take what you have and you put it in the hands of God, you already have it in your hands, the capability and the abilities to do it. It's not about who you are and how great you are, but it's about how great he is. It's about pairing the faith and pairing the name of Jesus with my own inadequacies and saying, God, it might not look like much. It might not look like a lot to me, and it might not look like a lot to my neighbor, but even in my shortcomings, even in my failures, even in my lowest points, I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to watch what you can do with it, because it's not about me. It's about you. I'm here to tell somebody under the unction of the Holy goes tonight. What God is wanting to do in your life, he's already got it in your hands. He's already got it in your hands. It's in your possession. It's in your grasp. You don't have to go an extra mile. You don't have to wait another day. You don't have to go another service. But your miracle is in this place tonight. And the elements are in your hands. You take your faith and you pair it with what you've got and you bring it to the altar and you throw it down at the feet of Jesus and say God in your hands, I believe it can be greater than what I ever imagined. I believe it can be greater than what I ever planned. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You can look around this auditorium tonight and you can see countless people in this place that have been freed from the bondage of addiction. Not because they became super rich or famous or had this great impartation, but because they put what they already had into God's hands and a miracle happened. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight, miracles are still happening. Miracles are still happening. So I don't care how long you face that addiction. I don't care how long you face that battle. And I don't care how many times you've brought it to the Lord in prayer. I'm here to tell you right now, what you see as a failure, and what you see as a fault, and what you see as a deterrent to the move of God, it's time to stop looking at it from a negative perspective. And it's time to put it in the hands of God and pair your faith with it and say, God, I believe miracles are still happening. And I don't know how it's going to happen. And I don't know how you're going to do it. But God, you're going to do it. Hallelujah. That's what it looks like when 300 men stand around 100,000 and they have nothing but a light and a clay pot and they break it and the spirit of the Lord moves and they don't even have to raise a sword, but God wins the battle for him. You say you can't go into battle with lights and pots. I wouldn't, but it's not about what I would do. It's about what God will do. And he took those seemingly insignificant items, everyday things, things that we would never look to for our strength and for our freedom and for our deliverance. And he took those and he wrought a mighty work of freedom through it. I don't know what it looks like in your life. I don't know what it looks like in your mind right now. I don't know what that insignificant thing is for you. 
For some, it might be a lack of faith. For some, it might be doubt. For some, it might be uh, they don't see their own self-worth. For some, it might be, uh, it could be anything. For some, it might seem that they're not worthy to be used of God. For some, it might seem like uh, asking God for a miracle is too much to ask for because I've done too much wrong. I don't know what your insignificance looks like, but we've all got it, and we all battle with it, and some of us show it different ways. Some of us show our inadequacies and our indifferences and our inabilities. We show those in different ways. We might overcompensate in one area to hide a weakness in another. We might hide from crowds and people altogether because we fear that we'll be found out for our failures and for our faults. Thank you, Sister Becky, for what you said tonight about being able to walk in unity and have each other's back. And understand, uh, if you didn't notice, all the songs we sang tonight were about freedom. And that's just a coincidence of the the work of, not a coincidence, that's the hand of God orchestrating something. Because I don't even know if she knew I was preaching, and I definitely didn't talk to her about it. But she just happened to, the Lord laid some songs about freedom on her heart. And here we are talking about God is able to use anything and things that are already at your disposal to give you freedom. Miracles are still happening. I'm here to tell somebody tonight that God is still in this place. His power is unlimited. And he is able to do absolutely anything. I'm going to give us a super easy recipe to follow tonight. I can ask this question since we're done with our media fast, but anybody ever look at Facebook? I don't even have a Facebook, and I look at Facebook. You see those, uh, just scrolling through your timeline and and you see all the different things that are happening in people's life and all of a sudden you come upon this recipe and somebody's making a turkey dinner out of powdered milk. I I don't know. There's these amazing life hacks that you can find all over Facebook. And some of the things that you'll see is like super simple recipes, three ingredients, three ingredient no-bake cookies. And I had half a mind to make some three-ingredient no-bake cookies tonight for you just so you could see. But I quickly decided I didn't want to do that. But I'm here to tell you tonight, as easy as people make it seem online and in viral videos, as easy as they make cooking seem, you just mix these three ingredients and, and add a little bit of heat or add some cold or throw it in the freezer for a little bit and you've got this something totally, totally different. That's all there is to it tonight. Now it's not going to come out as peanut butter cookies, but it'll come out tonight as an answered prayer. It's going to come out tonight as I'm just going to take, I'll give you the, the recipe here tonight. It's three ingredients and that's it. You take what you have, you mix the tiniest little ounce of faith that you can muster up, and you mix the power of God. And I'm here to tell you that absolutely anything is possible with that recipe. Matter of fact, he said, with just a mustard seed of faith, you can say into this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it'll be done. I don't know what your mountain is. I don't know what your insignificance is. I don't know what your faults and failures are. And you know what? I don't care. I don't have to know it all. I don't have to know your situation to be able to tell you with 100% certainty that God is able to fix it. 100% certainty God is able to do absolutely anything tonight. 
So I don't know what your need is, and I don't care what your need is. God's able to do it. Three easy steps. What do you have? A little bit of faith and the power of God. And absolutely anything, anything is possible. Brother Brom read us this morning from 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 17. The servant was struggling to see what was going on. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. My prayer tonight, and I've, I've, I've done what I can to convince you. I've done what I can to build some faith in this place tonight and to share the word of God and to tell you of miracles that he performed then and of miracles that he's still performing today and of what he's able to do. And now my prayer is just this, that God would open our eyes. That God would open our eyes to what it is that we need to put in his hands. And I'll tell you, an easy way to do that is just put everything in his hands. Just put it all in his hands. You say, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to let go of control like that. I don't know how to just take my hands off and trust somebody else. Here's the thing. You're not trusting somebody else. You're trusting God Almighty. You're trusting King of kings and Lord of lords. The one that's able to do absolutely anything. The one that's seen the dead raised. The one that spoke to deaf ears and they were open. The one that touched a wounded and lame leg and they healed and went up walking and leaping and praising God. The one that with just a little bit of mud was able to rub it on some blinded eyes and they were open. The one that's able to speak to a storm and say, calm. And it ceases. That's the same God that's able to speak to your situation. He's able to speak to your storm and say, peace be still, and it's still. He's the one that's able to speak to your addiction and say, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and you leave this place 100% different than you came in. He's the one that's able to take what you view as a fault and a failure and an inadequacy, and he's the one that's able to pair his name and his power with that and see mighty works and mighty moves of God through that. He's the one that's able to take your, your, your fleshly means. He's able to take what you have and what you're willing to put in his hands and see mighty works of God done and see lives affected and changed and touched. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you'd like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week.